all this evening. We welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who are streaming online, we ask that the presence of the Lord be with you also. Amen. We'll just sing this chorus. Amen. Father in heaven, we love you. We lift your name. Amen. That's what we come for tonight. Oh, Father in heaven. Our brother Ken Ardeal has put in a prayer request. There was a fire in the home next door to us just as we were leaving for church. They brought someone out and took them into the ambulance. Please remember them in prayer. Amen. We'll bring that before the Lord this, this evening. Amen. Let's sing this. You are the healer of the broken pieces. Amen.
before the Lord sees and will answer that prayer this evening, Brother Israel. Amen. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we humbly bow down, lifting our souls, our life before you to praise you for your goodness. For your grace and your mercy toward us. If we ever had to praise you, let this be the time. 
and we believe beyond the time. On the other side of the curtain of time, surely we will know how to praise you better. Now, Father, we bow down with the needs we have, unspoken needs, and Brother Ken brought another need here. We ask that your grace and your mercy follow after the person who has been in fire. May you touch him and heal him. And now, Father, we are looking at you for what you have in storage for us tonight. Break the bread of life for our hungry souls. May the word come and heal. May the word come and restore the backslidden, those who are in trouble, those who are sick, those who are in need. You are still the same Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. Give peace and meet every need according to your grace and your mercies. Bless the remaining of the service. Until then, we commit ourselves to you for a life of service and the consecration to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. seats and we'll sing um, how great is our God just as brother Michael comes oh the splendor of a king
wonderful. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. Why? Because he could look and pluck us, Brother Roy, from the depths and the mucks of sin. Wherever we were, each one of us in a different place. But how great is his arm that can reach so far and bring us to a place like this. Amen. Why don't we stand tonight as we turn to the scriptures. A little announcement, uh, just uh, some details are on the back bulletin board for Brother Jake Dick Sr.'s memorial. And this is on the back there by the office if you want to see the details there for that upcoming memorial service. Amen. We can turn to 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. Preparatory. I know we have camp coming around the corner, quite literally, and so maybe tonight I just, maybe it's for one tonight. Maybe some of the t- subject matter tonight might feel like it's a little bit. Uh, maybe it's not for you per se, but we're a body, and there's many needs in the body. But I know that the word can. Hit, what I find amazing is that you can come to service, and a message can be preached, and it can hit every single one of our hearts. Uh, because it's the Word, and that's how the Lord works. He knows our every need. And so tonight, if it's maybe a certain direction, you maybe pull for someone beside you, and that the Lord could do a, a mighty work in someone's life. Second Timothy 3, verse 1. This know also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. I don't think I need to tell anybody that we're definitely in the last days, And I don't need to remind you that perilous times are here. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. I find it incredible that Paul can be speaking many, many years ago and can be articulating so many adjectives that are so applicable to right now. Number verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead, silly, lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jannies and Jambres withstood Moses, so did these also resist the truth, Men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be made manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, these are your word, Lord, the scriptures, inspired word that, Lord, you inspired Paul to write down in Second Timothy, and Lord, indeed, articulating Lord, very clearly and aptly, Lord, at the times that we live in perilous times have indeed come. And Lord, all these different words that have been described describe our day and our hour. But Lord, your scripture also says that when the devil comes roaring and raging, that you would raise a standard against. And Lord, so your banner has been lifted up in your people. A message has been preached forth and gone around the world. And Lord, is living now in the hearts and souls of men and women that are your bride. And we are your standard bearers now. So Lord, tonight I pray that you take the word 
Would you deposit something into the hearts and souls as we would come into a week ahead of us, a precious special time that we so love dearly. Maybe tonight, Lord, would just be a word that would just urge us and unction us, Lord, into, into where you, what you have in store for us in these next days, we pray. So commit the service to you, the people, and what they would receive now into your hands in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats tonight. Last service, I spoke on the fellowship of the mystery, and uh, we spoke about a people that are united with our groom, part of the mystery of God as we went through Christ's mystery of God revealed in this day, in the end time, and I'm just going to read a quote where we ended last week, and then we'll just go from there, but I ended on a quote that Brother Bram said, then the bride body must follow the head, for it is part of his resurrection, amen, and part of his mystery, that's where we ended, it is impossible for it, the bride, not to go. In the resurrection, oh my, he said, it's part of God's mystery, how God revealed himself here. And we went through how God revealed and unveiled himself in this day, expressing who he was and all through scriptures. And Brother Bram says, and raised it up by the word. So he reveals his church and raising it up by the same word, it's part of his threefold mystery. Amen. And the head was took from the grave, so must the body follow him back to Eden. Glory. Where the head of the family, Christ, the man, the bridegroom, the bride, being the body of the bridegroom, must follow. The bride, because that's the head, and the head is revealed and come back with eternal life, and the body must follow that because it's husband and wife again. Isn't that glorious? Amen? That's what we're part of, this great fellowship of, with Christ. And as long as you're pregnant with the same word, which is his body, you've took his body, become in him when you took the word. Amen? Not a creed, he says, but the word. Amen? Do we believe it? Okay. So I, I could take, a, uh, I just pondered where the Lord was directing me, and I was, I, I actually, I can't even believe I'm speaking tonight, to be honest. <laughs> just a lot of other things on my mind with uh, the upcoming week, but I just told Lord, if you drop something in my heart, uh, then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be available. <laughs> and so I'm just praying now, Lord, was that really something you dropped in my heart? Because I don't know if I want to be available. <laughs> But uh, here we are tonight, and, and so I just pray we dig in a little bit. Amen. I thought, well, I could take a, another part of the service and, uh, and maybe go into the headship of Christ and, 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 and how we've received the very mind of God in this day, and His thoughts have been expressed through His people. We're definitely not lacking in what God has told us and what, what His mind is. We, we've been given a message that has unveiled His very thoughts. Amen? So I figured, I thought maybe, Lord, You'd open up that channel, and, and I could take maybe the oneness as we were kind of tapping into that little area there, and His bride, and the bridegroom have become one, and this great fellowship as it unites us together with him and making our actions his actions, making our thoughts his thoughts. And I thought, well, maybe, Lord, we'll open up that area. But tonight, that's not the areas that really opened up to me in, in a way, and a line just dropped into my heart. And the, the, the title that just struck me was, you can't fake this fellowship. You can't fake this fellowship. And so I'm going to take a little bit, like I said, it might feel a little bit narrow in its spectrum. But uh, if it's just for one tonight, so be it. Good to see you, Novakowski family, back from overseas. God bless you. And so I want to just focus maybe on the, the week coming. I know we have, uh, I, I'm just very burdened for, for our children, our young people, and, and the body of Christ really on a whole, that not one person misses what God has for you. 
Not one person misses. And I, I, you know, I know we can come up to camp and you know, say, well, you know, camp's not everything. No, I agree. So we're going to have church tonight. Amen. All right, so let's forget camp is really there. I realize we're under great expectation. But I don't want you to sit in your pew and think, well, camp's coming, and I'm going to put my effort in at camp time. I want you to sit here tonight in your pew, and I want you to receive tonight preparation for that service to come. Amen? God has something for you to get you ready, as Brother, I think Dwayne Lawson spoke a, a service in position for a miracle. Well, tonight you're getting in position for a miracle. So don't miss tonight what God has for you, because or you'll miss the miracle, because you'll be out of position when he wants you here to drop it on you. Amen? Amen. So you got six services ahead of you, but this is number, number one, so we'll say seven. Well, you got eight, actually. That's even better. Sunday service as well. Who's ever preaching that? May they rocket launch us into the week. And so I, I just pray tonight that we blast away. I really want to just take, a, take a, a large gun at the barricades, the gun of the Word, the atomic bomb that could be hindering you from what God has in store. And that's really what my desire is tonight, and God would really move in someone's life. Amen. So the title tonight is You Can't Fake This Fellowship this communion, this intimate relationship and partnership, this two-way connection as we talked about fellowship, and I won't go into it to, to save some time, but you can't fake it. You just can't fake it. And today there's a real desire for authenticity. I'd say for, you know, for someone to have a genuine, real uh, desire for something, you know, people desire something real. In fact, now you can, there's a little hashtag running through the, through the world, hashtag no filter. <laughs> Yeah, because people are tired of like thousand filters. You're like, wow, where did that photo come from? Yeah, just my backyard. Seriously, where do you live? Hawaii? No, I live in the, in the Northwest. Well, it looks like it's, you know, the blues are so blue. It looks like the tropics. I mean, everything looks just totally beyond real. Yeah, because you're so manipulated. And so hashtag no filter is so that people are taking photos and saying, hey, I did nothing. This is real. <laughs> it's just, this is, this is really the photo. No touch-ups. No, not, nothing. And in 2020, actually, an app came out called Be Real. Who even knows about it? Good. Okay. There's a few really tech-savvy people. Who's used it? I won't ask you that. <laughs> I did ask you. You don't have to answer. Be Real. It's an app out there. You know, if you didn't know it, it came out in 2020. But in 2022, it really took a, a super surge and went from about a million users to 20 million users very quickly because people, they really have a desire to be real, right? So now it sent you out a nice little notifier at a random time during the day, and it's like, bing, on your phone, and everybody that has the app at the exact same time, randomly through the day, everybody got the notifier, and it said, you have two minutes, take a photo of what you're doing right now. You have no time to no filters, it's the front camera, it's the back camera, and it's like, click, and it's just like, boom, there it is. Here's what I'm doing in my day. Be real, okay? And if you delayed your photo because you're like, well, I'm not really in the right environment. I got to stage it out. I got to get everything perfectly in store. No, then everybody knew uh, so-and-so delayed. <laughs> okay. So they knew you delayed. They knew you skipped. All that kind of thing. Because people, they want something real. They really want something real. But you know what happened? A little bit ago, it dropped from 20 million users to now about less than 6 million. So quite a few million users were like, yeah, I'm kind of done with real. It's too mundane. <laughs> Yeah, really. Reality isn't exciting enough. 
You know, they got tired of just taking pictures of their room that they never left for three days and their computer that they're typing at, and it's like, this is the same photo for the last week. What's, what's fun about that? And so people dropped off the, uh, the bandwagon. Gen Z, are, are, they say, are quite uh, bandwagon uh, people. Uh, they took it by storm and then dropped it like a rock. And that's for anybody that's 13 to 25. You all did that if you had it. At least this generation did. And so people are now knowingly living in a facade. Because they like, man, I just want the real. I want it. Let's just be real. Let's download this app and do it. But then they said, no, forget it. Being real is actually too lame, too boring. And uh, so I'm just going to live in the fake. I'm going to live in the fake. That's really what the choice was, has been made is to just live with a facade and they're okay with it. They're okay with it. A facade, an outward appearance that is maintained to conceal a less pleasant or credible reality. It's a show. It's a front. It's a pretense or a sham. It's a fake. It's an act. It's a charade of guys, a mask or a veil or even a masquerade. And so people are now quite used to it or okay even in that sense with, with just living with the fake or the facade that's in front of them. And of course, we could go into so much more on, the, on that aspect, but we won't. But there's those that, that, that they desire if we go into fake and even if we go into an imposter, people trying to be something they're not or attaining a certain level. And we, I looked at some of the most famous or some famous imposters or some famous fakes. <laughs> there's quite a lot of them. A lot of people that are desiring to be fake. But then you go through, there's one, Ch- uh, Cassie Chadwick, who tried to pose as the illegitimate child of Mr. Carnegie and was loaned by banks $2 million in their day, which was equal to $65 million, just because she forged a couple signatures and posed as this, this uh, illegitimate child of Mr. Carnegie. No one questioned her. No one questioned the signatures because it was kind of like a taboo topic, apparently. And she got away with $65 million loaned to her because she wanted it as a fake as a fake. Or Frank Abagnale, who is uh, known for his check-scamming schemes. Or Anna Sorokin, who actually is quite recent, who posed as a fake German heiress and hobnob in New York and, and posed to create some big art club and millions and millions of dollars that she scammed out of the systems. Or the many royal imposters that tried to impose as the fake Russian uh, descendant of the Russian Tsar, the missing Grand Duchess Anastasia, my goodness, that list goes on. A lot of people tried to tap into that one. Well, no one knows, so I'll just be the next one. There's fake Anastasia, one, two, three, four, five. You name it, there's quite a few of them. And so they, they, these different ones desired to, to live in a realm of the fake. They lived in the realm of the fake. But the problem with that is, is after a certain period of time, the pressure to maintain the fakeness becomes so great. So great. And the fear of being found out starts to build. And now you're watching your every move and you're watching your back. And you have to increase and increase the lie that you're living. And so one lie turns into two and two to four, four to eight, etc. Because you're trying to keep your tracks, trying to head of your tracks and ahead of everybody that's coming after you to try and keep the act up. Trying to keep the fake real. And in due time, the facade gets so thick and the road back so difficult that they just choose to keep the act up instead of address the issue. And then the pressure comes and we come to a breaking point, or in many of these aspects, they come to a point where they're just arrested and they go to jail. And so I wonder today, how many people, if I could just, who's faking it in their world? You can fake your position, 
You can fake your status, family origin, as some of these have done. You can fake your, your, your profession, as even some did, faking being a lawyer, faking being a doctor. It's amazing what you can get away with. And they did get away with in some cases. But I wonder how many millions of people actually are faking religion. How many are faking religion? You know, there's a lot of religions these days. Many of them, many, many people are sincere in their religion. And they believe it, sincerely believe it, sincerely wrong in their beliefs. And we've got every religion under the sun, I can imagine. How many, though, of the sincere ones, how many below that are the fake ones? Millions. Fake religion. And I thought, well, how much worse? You could say, well, someone that just kind of, you know, how many people, they're born Catholic, and so therefore, you know, they're just Catholic because I was born and my family descendants were Catholic, so therefore I'm Catholic, but they have nothing to do with it. They, they don't even know what it means, for one, and so they're just, they're just faking it, really, at the end of the day. But I thought, well, how much worse is if someone is not just, it's Hinduism or Sikhism or some other religion, but if someone is impersonating, as Brother Brandon preached the message, impersonation of Christianity. And faking Christianity, and if I even get closer to home, who's faking living in this message of the hour? The apex, to me, the pinnacle shame would be someone pretending or faking being a part of the fellowship of the mystery. A pinnacle shame. The fellowship as we went in last service, is real. This, this union, this connection, uh, the, 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 the company of people that God has called to, to reveal himself in this day, that's real. There's nothing hoax about that. There's nothing fake about it. But I would imagine, I would hope, I would hope not, but I know there is, and that's what I'm, I'm just feeling impressed to speak about tonight, is you can't fake being in this fellowship and get away with it. It's impossible. It's impossible to get away with it. And I know you say, well, Brother Michael, where are you going tonight? Well, because I would pray the Holy Spirit is going to root out an imposter. Root out someone that's faking it tonight. Because maybe at a camp service somewhere, he's wanting to deal with you or he's wanting to give you such an outpouring. But right here, you got to deal with the imposing, the fakeness that you're living right here, right now, before you get there. One of the most greatest imposters of all that didn't even hit this list is Judas. Judas should have made the top of any imposter list that would ever, ever come out on Google, but he didn't show up. But Judas was the ultimate faker all the way and right all the way to the end. You say, well, this is kind of a tough topic, Brother Mike. Well, just buckle up. It's okay. Like I said, just amen with me because you say, well, that's not me. Oh, amen. Wonderful. Glory. That's, that's, but maybe there's just one. Amen? Maybe there's just one. It's been sitting like so many that have grown up in the message. And maybe they're sitting there and they say, well, Brother Mike, I just feel like I've been faking it tonight. I've been faking it for the last five years. Well, tonight, God is saying, enough of the faking. It's reality time. All through Judas's time, the disciples were called one by one, how they were called by Christ. And Judas was there all along. He went to a lot of services. He said a lot of amens. My goodness, he was right there front row, I'm sure, many times. And But something inside of him 
I don't know, I, I'm trying, try, trying to find out where Judas could have been as he was there at certain times. He was there through the miracles and, and experienced the healings of lame and halt and blind that could see and deaf that could now hear. And there's something, but what, I was, I'm wondering what was actually ticking inside? What was actually going on inside of Judas during these times that, that he was hearing the word, hearing testimonies, rubbing shoulders with saints? What was going on? What was Judas saying in his heart? Because by all outside appearances, Judas looked like he was having just a wonderful time. I'm sure he was, that was incredible. That was amazing. Did you see that happen? Wow. But in his heart of hearts, was he still like, what, what, I just don't really, do I, you know, is this really it? Or was he wrestling? Was he battling? Somewhere deep inside, something wasn't clicking for Judas. John 6, 66. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Judas still did. Judas hung on. Man, people were leaving. Seventy were leaving this. They were leaving him, leaving Christ. Couldn't take the, couldn't take the word, the, the intensity of it. He said, well, I eat his flesh and drink his blood. I could never do that. And, 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 but Judas was still hanging on. He was still there. Jesus said unto the twelve, will you also go away? It's the 12. Simon Peter said the words that we know so well, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou alone, thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Judas is there. And he's listening. And he might be like, mm-hmm. Mm, amen, Peter. But something was off in Judas. Jesus answered and said unto them, Have I not chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? Okay, let's just, there's 12, there's more than 12 here tonight, and uh, if Jesus said that, I'm sure it would rattle everybody here. Have not I chosen all you, but one here is a devil? There was 12 of them. It was a pretty small group, and I can, I can tell you they all looked at each other and were like, me? Is it me? Is it me? And I wonder, did, did Judas, did he know? Is it me? Did he, did he have it in him to actually step back and be like, you know what, I'm not, I, I, I don't have what Peter had there. But on the front, on the facade, not me. It's not me. Judas was faking it even at that moment. But something would come to reveal both the true and the false at some, in time ahead as it boiled down to the very end of Christ's ministry. And Mark 14, 4 says, and there were some that had indignation. This is that sign when, uh, when the woman that washed Jesus' feet with the oil, and they said, and had indignation with themselves, why was this waste of the ointment made? And I read that scripture, I was like, my goodness. Here, these disciples, most of them, Peter has stated, you're the, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And here one has come at his feet and washed his feet with their tears and poured the ointment of alabaster over his feet because it was the most precious thing that she had. And she was giving her all. She was laying it down saying, there's nothing that I own that, could, that I'm saving. I'm just pouring it on your feet because Jesus, you're my everything. Jesus, you're my all. I'm, I'm washing your, your feet with my tears. And she was blessing him and worshiping him and anointing him. And here they said they but in another scripture, Judas, one of them, he was saying, what a waste. And so now 
something's starting to be exposed. What a waste. You could imagine this is the king of glory and you're telling me that what this, the, what this little sister has done is a waste on the God of all creation? I can't even imagine saying those words. For it might have been sold for 300 pence and been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She has brought on a good work on me. And verse 10 says, And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priests to betray him unto them. And here we see on the moment where something changed. And Judas went from, in his heart, maybe not in the front yet, but in his heart, something switched. And Judas, who was a fake in it, was now moved out. And you could see what, his, what was really in his heart. Stung, exposed, because the word dealt with the issue. The other 12 probably didn't have any idea, but God knew he was striking right home and he was rooting out what was really sitting there in Judas's heart. Amen, because it's the word that divides. And as it spoke, because the fellowship at that time, God had to remove the fake, if I could put it that way. The fake had to get out of the, of the, of the fellowship, of the mystery of that moment. And that was the time when Christ was expressing the pinnacle attribute of Savior and Redeemer and resurrection. And the word was going to become so straight that it would remove all that was imposing or imposting, posturing themselves and I wonder, maybe Judas thought for a time, well, I'll just now fake it. I'm going to fake it. In his heart now, he knew. And we, heard the, we know the phrase, well, I'll just fake it till you make it. Who knows that phrase? Anybody heard that phrase before? Yeah, I'll just fake it till I make it. I just wonder, what, what, what actually is make it? Where's people going with that? And what's the definition of making it? What's really in your mind? Because it's actually impossible to fake and make anything at the end of the day. One commentary says, oh my God, he said, let it never be my portion. If I am to be damned, let it be as a worldling. Let me be as the sinner who openly liveth and dieth in his sin. But never suffer me to endure that double hell that consists first in the torment of just punishment for my sin and then the added torment of my disappointed hope. He said, oh my God, whatever thou sufferest me to be, permit me not to have a hope of heaven and then at the last to have that hope turn out to be a delusion. I said, oh God, if there would be even just one tonight that would be in a state of pretend, a state of just a fake walk, may they listen to the word tonight and say, oh God, whatever thou sufferest me to be, don't permit me to be, have a hope of heaven and then that hope turn out to be a delusion because I've just been walking in a fake walk, a facade that I've built up and not willing to address my issue. Well, I'll just pretend. I'll just put a wall or some facade until maybe something happens. And in the back of the mind, maybe thinking that you know, something will maybe work out in the end, but not maybe wanting to address why you're putting the facade up in the first place. And it becomes tiring because when you fake it, it's all on you. You're putting the effort out. Faking it is you putting the time in. It's your forced effort. It's on your own power. And at some point, you'll run out of power. You'll run out of the ability to produce the facade. And then life just crumbles at your feet. And that's the problem with faking it. But with faith, 
<laughs> you could say faith it until you make it maybe, but if with faith, being part of a fellowship has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him. Amen? That's the problem with faking it. It's all self. And you've got to get rid of self. Surrender is what is needed. Amen? Yet not high, but Christ in me. That's the fellowship of the mystery. It's him in you being born again. Amen? Yes, sir. And faking this fellowship is a miserable state. I don't even know. Poor, I'd say poor Judas. Because I'm sure Judas sat there how many nights that he would go and lay down, maybe in wherever they were. They, they went to the Garden of Gethsemane many times, as it's stated in Scripture. And I wonder how many times did Judas put his head to sleep on a bundle of clothing or something like that, and his eyes just stared open because he knew, I'm just not fitting in here. I, I'm not really, something was, was warring inside because he was faking it. In the middle of all that, here Nathaniel and Philip and, and Matthew and, and uh, Peter and James and John, but something in Judas wasn't clicking. And at some point, he was going to step aside and he was going to be revealed with who really he really was. And I mean, there's a thousand excuses one could give as rationale for their current state. You know, the surface all is good, all is well on the outer layer. Life, you have it under control. And even for a while, even someone can look at you and it just seems like it's all perfect. But in your soul, you're really unsatisfied. And I just highlight Judas just because it's a stark contrast of one that was, was, was faking or posing. But I, I want, would want to say, and I have it wrote in my notes here, but I want to say I don't believe there's a Judas here tonight. I'm not preaching to Judases. But I could be preaching to somebody that's faking it. I could be doing that. And so I want you to realize that I put Judas now aside and just take him as an example in Scripture to say, whatever that is, that ain't me. But if I'm even doing something that looks like it, oh God, would you look at my heart tonight and would you give me the courage to step out on my facade? Yeah. Isaiah 44, 20 says he, it speaks about, if you go back in the Scripture in that chapter, it speaks about idolatry and One's preparing wood and stone for idols and, 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 and such. And then it says, He feedeth on ashes. A deceived heart hath turned him aside that he cannot deliver his soul, nor say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? And it's here, speaking of an idolater feeding on the ashes of their, uh, of their sacrifice and such. And well, I, I don't know anybody here, but I haven't taken a chew on ashes at any time in my life. But I can imagine it would taste like probably a spoonful of cinnamon or something like that. It would pretty choke you pretty much to death if I took a spoonful of ashes. And here's scripture saying, saying someone that just worships an idol, he's feeding on ashes, which is complete unsustenance and, and choking and almost probably would cause a whole lot of issues in, in your body. But here, a mouthful of soul-suffocating sustenance is what that would be. And nothing, one person said nothing could ever make the con conscience really quiet nor give the soul a solid peace except Christ. Amen. His spirit rightly received in your heart. If there were any cure for the heartache except the blood of Christ applied to your life, surely so costly a remedy need not have been provided. If Christ wasn't needed to bring, if there was some other thing that could bring peace, some idol of the old days or some idol of sports or some idol of fashion or something that was actually going to fulfill the desire of their heart, then God would not have had to go on a cross. Right. So I tell you that there's nothing 
in this world. There's nothing that you can pose or fake or try to make anybody here believe that your soul's quenched other than the blood of Christ. Nothing will do it. I wonder, how could it be that the mere professors, someone that's just professing to be a real believer, and they can get a peace of mind, or even that the appearance of peace of mind. And someone can look at someone and say, my, that person just has it all together. And am I, they just seem like everything's just going perfect. But how do you know that deep down, actually, it's a real mess of chaos? Only God knows. Only God knows. And the reason is, they never maybe let the question be asked, and the devil would put everything in front of them and try to make things just move on in life without having to really take a step back, and they never let the question be asked. As the scripture says, a deceived heart has turned him aside and won't let the question be asked, is there a lie in your right hand? And I wonder if tonight the fog could just part a little bit on somebody's life, and someone could really be honest tonight and ask the question, is there a lie in my right hand? So what does that mean, Brother Michael? Well, I'm good. I'm as good as so-and-so. I have a good, you know, my piety of my religious walk is just, looks just as good as brother this or sister that. Or maybe I'm just so young and I don't really need to really look at these things right now and I got so much ahead of me and I can maybe deal with that, those issues down the road or I attend church and I live a good life. And in comparison to many, in fact, if I'm not right, many others aren't right. <laughs> well, I don't really care about others tonight. I want you to step back and I want you to care about yourself. I want you to look at just you and what concerns you and say, is there a lie in my right hand? And our right hand, if you go in scripture, is your right hand of power. It's the hand which you act with and it's your acts. It's your life. It's your conversation. I don't know what your conversations are. I don't know what you say at work. I don't know how you handle yourself at your job. God does. Maybe you've been able to keep certain vices to yourself or many things that you do at work that you maybe know are maybe off the beaten path of the Christian walk. And I wonder if I ask the question, do you think if it were that you could live as you're living, do you imagine that the indulgence of such, these vices or sin could be consistent with the grace that you say is in the heart? Or do you suppose that if you really were the possessor of the grace of God, you could be where you are now? And is it possible that you're living an imposter state? And we could ask the question, is there a lie in my right hand? You know, the question never, one never wants to answer that. And Satan would really want to cause us to put a lot of situations in life and the turmoil or the hustle of our day to day. But God said something to Judas when Judas was sitting there at the communion table, and he said, that thou doest, do quickly. Jesus knew the betrayal that was in his heart. And I thought, Lord, what if I asked the same question tonight? God knows your response already. But I wonder if it was in Judas if God had said that thou doest do quickly, if it was in him, 
he would have fallen on Jesus' feet right there. Like Mary had at Simon's house, who Judas had scorned. But that wasn't in Judas. But I would pray tonight, is it in you? Is there a lie in your right hand? You do not know how hard it is to preach this. Because I know that there are more than one here that is just living a fake life. And God is desiring with all his heart to say, just come to my feet. Tear away the mask tonight. Tear off it right now. Tear the facade down. What does it take? Why would you want to live another day behind a fake barrier and the churning and the heart-wrenching and the gut-churning days that you go through and you say, oh, I'm not, I say this, but I'm not really that. I, I act this, but really in, at my bedroom, I'm something very different. And you're living the lie. You're living the fake facade. Why not tonight? Just say, forget it. I'm done with the wall. I'm done with the facade. I'm done with the fake me. I want the reality. You say, there is maybe a lie in my right hand, but I'm ready to cast it down. I'm ready to get rid of it tonight. I'm not going to do the things. I just need Christ tonight. That thou do. Do quickly. Amen. Judas ran and went out the door to go and betray. But maybe you can say, oh God, I'm going to run to an altar tonight. He said, well, I might expose a vulnerability. People will think thoughts about me. I'm not where I should be, but someone's going to think bad of me. No one will think nothing of you. They say, praise God. Someone's willing to tear it down. Satan's saying, well, just wait for camp tonight, young person. Old person alike, just wait for camp. Maybe then you can do it then. Maybe just wait to the last service on Saturday night when that's the right night for you to go to the front. The right night is now. Do quickly. How we've been through so many services and movings of the Holy Ghost that he's not been sufficiently proven that he's the yes, same yesterday, today and forever. He's Christ alive today, able to move on your scene. Oh God, may nobody here walk out of those doors and say I didn't move when I should have. But Abraham says, I can. He says, I'm standing here. If Jesus was standing here wearing my suit that he gave me, he could do no more. He said, that's all he can do is vindicate that he's Christ. You believe in him. He said, I can. He's saying, Jesus would say, if you believe in me, I can prove myself to you. He says, I can if you believe. That's it right now. If you believe, that's all there is to it. It looks to me like it ought to electrify God can prove himself here tonight. If he would just say, I believe, Lord. I believe that you can tear my wall down. I believe if I could just step out tonight and say, I'm done with the fake. I'm done with the facade. You can prove your word to me. And it ought to electrify. 
Oh, he says, it ought to send people to repentance. It ought to send people to seeking for the Holy Ghost. It ought to do something more than it's doing. I say, oh God, it ought to do more than what it's doing. I say, let it do more this evening. Break out of the normal. Break out of what you think should happen on a Wednesday night. Do something extraordinary. That little lady got down on her feet and she broke that little alabaster. It was so abnormal for that moment, but it was her moment. What if it's your moment to be like a little lady at the front of an altar saying, I don't care, the service is going on, but I'm at Jesus' feet. He said, if the word seed falling, is the word seed falling upon stony ground? Oh God, have mercy tonight. Ladies, what's the answer, he says. He steps away from the microphone, he said, ladies, what's the answer? He said, brethren, church, what's the answer? What more can God do? What more could God do in our midst? What more does he need to do? Service after service, year after year, what more does God need to do to say, just live for me? Surrender it all and I take care of it for you. You'll never see nothing no greater than the presence of Jesus Christ working in his church, performing the things he promised to do. Hallelujah. God proved himself. There's no question that he cannot deal with a heart. There's no question he can't change a creature. Where's Dave Chaburnoff here tonight? Who's ever seen Dave Chaburnoff's picture when he was, when he was back in muck and mire of sin? You only need just that one person to prove that God can take someone and make them a new creature. I'm going to read a quote to you tonight. I don't really care if the service shuts down right here. If you need to bury your face at the altar, I don't really care. I don't got no formalism here tonight, saints. I don't care what God, what you think should happen. I want what God wants to happen tonight. He says, Brother Branham says, have I ever told you anything in the name of the Lord but what God has brought to pass? Have you ever read anything in a message book where God has not followed through and backed up his word? Have you ever read anything contrary? Never have I ever spoken his name but what it was so. Have I ever told you a vision over the audience but what was exactly the person raised up, stranger or whatever he might be, but what he said, that's the truth. Amen, that's the truth. He said, have I ever told you anything wrong? Congregation says, no. You don't think there were critics there? You don't think there was everybody looking, looking for just an inch, little crack in the chink to be able to say, "Ah, uh-huh, right there, right there was wrong. You're a false prophet. Oh yeah, you bet they were looking. All these phonies that come up nowadays, 50, 60 years later, trying to be like, well, would that happen there? You weren't even there for one. And those that were there wouldn't even step on the platform. They're too scared of the anointing of the angel of the Lord. Far be it from anybody in this day to have the boldness to say that's wrong. Ichabod. Let me finish the quote. He said, then let me tell you now, thus saith the Lord, receive the Holy Ghost. That should send a wave over the congregation. Thus saith the Lord, receive the Holy Ghost. 
What do you have need of tonight? You have need of an outpouring. You have need of a God that can tear your wall down. Receive ye his spirit. Hallelujah. He said the spirit that will take the word of God in them hands of faith. Move out yonder. The whole kingdom belongs to you. Who's that for? That's for you. That's for this fellowship, uh, this mystery. There's no fake in it. It's for you here tonight. That thou doest, do quickly. Receive quickly. Don't delay. Don't hesitate. It's for you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got a lot of notes I could go through. I don't even really know how to go forward in the service tonight. I just want the Lord to move. I want the I want God of heaven to come in this building and prepare us for a mighty move of God. But I'm not waiting for a move there. I'm looking for a move. It's right here, right now. Hallelujah. Glory be to his name. Brother Branham wrote on a little, little page. I just thought, oh God, I wonder if we just become too formal, too know-it-all in this wicked generation of Laodicea. And Brother Branham was yearning his heart, burning and desiring, oh God, I need you, in his simplicity of where he was. And he said, I just failed to write a little letter. Oh my he woke as I walked up, 22 years old. I was ashamed to talk to him. I wrote him a letter. I was going to tack it up onto a tree in the woods. Maybe tonight you need to start tacking, writing a little letter, and just getting back to some grassroots. Forget all the other things and all the little texting things. And I'll write my little note in my notes app. No, let's get down to basics. He just was writing a little catch scratch letter because he didn't even know how to talk to this God. Oh, he walked up to the tree. He says, I, my, but maybe Jesus won't pass by this tree. Oh, if we could just get a little simpler tonight. Get down to real, real the foundation. He says, oh, I was so ashamed of my life. Well, maybe he might not pass that tree, but maybe he'll just hear me. So I'll talk to him. And I got down and I said, Mr. Jesus. Oh, you know, I think God was just waiting there. He said, oh, Mr. Jesus. No, that was such respect from a heart that says I'm so ashamed but Mr. Jesus I need you tonight I want to see I want to talk to you a minute maybe somebody needs to get down on their knees tonight and just say Mr. Jesus Mr. Jesus I want to talk to you a minute I've got a barrier that I've built up I don't even know how to get it down my life is in shambles. If I, if I let anybody know that, that, it, that I'm just been living a fake and I'm really, I don't even have a good, ex, I don't even have experience with you. I've just been living a fake. Lord, what do they think? But Mr. Jesus, can I just talk to you a little bit tonight? I'm the worst person in the world. But he got up from that time and he said I was a different person. Amen. It wasn't a long, laborious 
had to do penance, whip himself on the back, carry some cross. It wasn't some penance that he had to do and go and pay a bunch of dollars to light some candles. It was nothing of that. It was, oh God, I surrender all, all to Jesus. I surrender, Mr. Jesus. I just need you to deal with my life. And I got up a different person. That's how it is, young people and older people alike. You can get up from this service. The facade is all gone. And you're saying, I'm not faking this fellowship no more. I'm living in the fellowship of the king. Hallelujah. He said, the trouble of it is, we're too good. We feel we don't need him. Oh, God. We need you, Lord. If I could just start singing, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Right now. Right now. I need you, Lord. I'm nothing without you. Lord, if I don't have you in my life, where would I go? As Peter said, oh God, where could I go? You alone have the words of eternal life. You alone have what I need. Oh my, I wouldn't want my confession. Lord, to be, to be silent tonight, I'd want to sing out as one great body, Lord, I need you. Oh God, you've got to feel the need of Jesus. You've got to realize he's your only hope. You've got to be so thirsty that you're ready to perish. Then you'll make your way to him. That's where we got to be, saints, is I'm ready to perish. I'm ready to fall apart. Don't be sitting there saying, I got this under control. In about a month from now, maybe I'll deal with it. No, you're ready to perish, whether you think so or not. And you need him tonight. Satan has too many shapeshifters. There's a plant that has such the ability. It's a vine and it wraps around a plant and its leaves conform and change shape and change color to match the tree that it's on. And it even can span two different trees and be one on one tree and a different leaf on another. Think of it. Somebody can live a life. This is botany life. You don't think it can happen here that someone can be living two different lives. You bet they can. And their leaves of their life are changing in the circle that they're in, shape-shifting depending on their situation. I say, God, may you get a hold of that. If you've got to tear it down to the roots and let it come up and wrap around the vine of the Holy One of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has a system to detect fakes. Man has created a system that it can detect a fake in the video realm right now. And it's come up with a brand new technology and it looks at the blood of the video and it actually can sense the photo cells of the pulsation of blood in the human face. And they analyze that and can tell if it's a real or if it's a fake, deep fake. And I thought, oh God, if man is using the blood as a way to see if it's a fake or not, the blood being the signifier of life in a person. I, we heard on Sunday that there was an Egypt that a death angel was coming through and a time of showdown of fake 
or real. Jannies and Jambres were on the scene, false anointed ones that were coming against the word of the hour. But I thought, my goodness, they stood and withstood, and they withstood, and they put out their blood, and they put out their things. But there was one time that they could not withstand. Amen. Brother Branham says, he says, magicians tried to do the same thing impersonators. There was Jannies and Jambres, but when it came to the real thing, they didn't have it. They fought along for a while, but their folly was made manifest. And it says, as Jannies and Jambres withstood Moses, their folly would be manifest. And all signs and wonders were copied. But Moses stood there knowing God was going to back him up at some point. He just needed to stand in the will of God. And then there came a point when Moses, can you imagine, Moses, you're a fake. Moses, look what you, they just did it too. They just made water into blood too. They just brought, brought lice and all whichever. And Moses just standing there, bearing the reproach for Christ. And he said, but then he, said, he came and he stood there. But there was one last sign to prove who was real. And the death angel was going to go through the land. And no Jannies and Jambres was going to produce a death angel. And neither were they going to produce the blood. There was a blood that had to be applied that was going to prove who was fake and who was not. If man is using blood, the pulsation of that on a screen, God is also using blood to see if you're a fake or if you're the real thing. The hour has finally arrived, but Abraham says, stand steady with the token. They could not produce the protection against death. He said, stay steady with the token. That's what God wants you to do. Death is striking. God showed them mercy at no other time. He said, could this message come? He said, don't. Don't take a substitute. Don't take some fake religion. He said, don't, don't, don't do that. Hallelujah. He said, don't just imagine it. Don't just have some fake idea, some pretend thought. Some faking it till I get there. Don't imagine it, he said. He says, you stay there until you know the token's applied. You stay there until the token's applied. You stay there until the token's applied. He says, oh, we don't want to take any chance on it. You mustn't do it. Don't take a chance on it. Not tonight, saints. It wasn't cow's blood. It wasn't goat's blood. It wasn't watery. That's red. You want to try that? put a bunch of fake water. Well, that's too much effort. That's too much work to get down on my knees and start praying. That's too much effort to surrender my life. I'm just going to pretend. And what you're doing is you're putting some bloody red water, some fake red water on the doorpost of your heart. But the fake catcher is still seeking. We have a deep fake catcher. And that's the Holy Spirit. And he's brooding. And he's moving over this little audience. Maybe through that little camera. And he's looking for, is there blood? Is there blood? I say go through the effort tonight to make sure there's blood on the doorpost of your heart. Maybe this is the moment. Maybe it's somebody's time. You can just start playing. But are bent all to Jesus, I surrender. Maybe tonight is somebody's moment.
to recognize your condition. Judas had no ability. Jesus said, do. That thou doest. Do quickly, Judas. Scripture says the rest didn't even know what he was doing. They thought maybe because he held the bag, he was going out to get some victuals or something like that. Jesus knew what he was doing. I pray there's no Judas tonight. But it's those that are fellowship of the mystery. And Jesus is saying, whatever you need to do, do it quickly tonight. Because I'm going to meet you there. I'm going to meet you there. If you just respond to me, I'll meet you there. God's a debtor to no man, saints. He ain't going to call and say, well, tomorrow, I'll see you another day. I know I beckoned you today, but I got other things to do. No, that's not how our Lord works. Peace hand, do something and do it quickly. He said, I'm going to do it quickly too. I'm going to meet you. When you get there, I'll be right there waiting. You give me a good reason why it's not tonight. You give me a good reason why you need to wait to camp. That a facade should be busted down in another service. But maybe God has an outpouring for you like you have never, ever received in a couple services from now. But he's just saying, just come to me tonight. We need to deal with a few things. You've got a barrier that I just can't get through. I need you to, I need, my, I need to come and tear it down for you. But you need to surrender it to me right now. And tonight or tomorrow or maybe next Saturday, I'm going to move over your life like you've never seen before. But tonight you need to move. Brown says, just bake, break that little banner there and watch the Holy Spirit fall on this building and every person here be healed. Will you believe it? He says, stand to your feet and accept it then. In the name of Jesus Christ, raise up your hands now to him and say, I believe you, Lord. I say, Lord, I believe you, Lord. Whatever, I want nothing in the way of my experience. I've walked this road. I've lived my life, but I don't want anything at the river. I don't want to get to Jordan and say, well, there was a time that there was something you needed to deal with. You didn't. Oh, God. He says, oh, he starts to sing, I love him. Do you love him with all your heart? Raise your hands high and praise him. And he says, what's the matter, soldier boy? You're not going to commit suicide. The devil's lying to you, boy. He says you got a phobia. He's lying to you and he'll drive you insane if you believe him. I wanted to cry out tonight. He's lying to you. He's lying to you if he's telling you you're okay. He's lying to you if he's telling you that you can keep that facade. He's lying to you, boy. If you can just push it to some time in the future. The case is now. He says, deny him. Renounce the devil. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to renounce the devil and accept him. Jesus Christ as your healer. And you go back and be a gentleman and a real, real man. Hallelujah.
That's what he can do tonight. Not a fake, not a phony, not a pretend, but in the name of Jesus Christ, you can walk away from this service tonight, a real, real man or woman for God. Christ is here to heal, to restore, and to make you a real, real Christian. Let's sing that tonight. Oh, I surrender all. I want you to raise your hands to him and do whatever you feel him telling you to do. Whether it's pray, this service is by no means in the sense over. This service is a moment in his presence ordained by God at this time for you to deal with whatever you got to deal with. This is your moment. Well, all to Jesus preach a message and tell you that it's your time. It's my time. I can't preach it. I said, Lord, I want everything in my life. If I got a facade in my life, I want it gone. We got to lead. Daddies and mommies can't live some life. Our children see it. Then we come to church and we worship and they see you. No, maybe we got to lead by example. Say, oh God, we're here at your altar tonight. You want to join me from your seat? That's fine. But I'm here. I'm on my knees. You can sing. You can pray. I don't care what you do. But this is the night that God makes a move in this church. And we're never the same again. Heavenly Father, Lord, I stand here. 
with each one that's sitting and kneeling here at this altar. Lord, my heart beating and quivering, oh God, at the reason and why you're choosing to do this in this way. But Lord, my heart and my thoughts go back to a message that Brother Lawson preached that we're in position for a miracle. Maybe, God, you're just moving the threshing the floor of our lives because there's something you're doing, something you're desiring to do. Oh, God, we've come to prayer meeting and prayer meeting. We prayed. We're desiring a move. Lord, I would say you are moving. Lord, I don't want to miss what you're doing. So, Lord, I want to put myself into the bubble of your presence. I want to step myself right in the center of what you're desiring to do. Oh, God, may everyone in this sanctuary tonight, those that are at their home, those that are looking at a screen, may they enter into prayer. May they desire, oh, God, the same anointing, the same outpouring that is here tonight is there in their home. Oh, God, we pray the blood of Christ. Lord, that token blood. Lord, when you're seeking, when that death angel went out across the land, Lord, there was blood on the doorpost. Lord, that was the sense, that was the aspect that, Lord, protected the heart, protected the soul. Lord Jesus, Lord, you're seeking. Great shepherd, may tonight somebody start to place over the lentil pulse of their heart the very blood of Christ over their soul, I pray. Lord, strip us down. Remove every sin that so easily beset us, O oh God, that we may run this race, that we may press for the mark. Oh God, we desire, Lord Jesus, the same anointing of the book of Acts. For, Lord, we are indeed a branch that is pushing out of the main vine. So, Lord Jesus, the next book of Acts is here and is just waiting in one accord, in one mind, in one heart, that you would do the great purpose you have. Oh, God, move upon us, Lord. Move upon us, Lord. Hear our humble cry. Pass us not while others are calling. Lord, somebody at their pew and Lord Jesus, they're calling upon your name. Lord, that little hymn was wrote down for them. Lord, while on others thou art calling, Lord, do not pass me by. Savior, Savior. Lord, may your throne room May it echo with the cry of your people tonight. May, oh God, the throne room, the pillars that shake as the cherubim sing holy, holy, holy unto the Lord God. May the pillars shake with the prayer of your people tonight and your attention would turn to little church here. Oh God. We surrender. We surrender, Lord. Standing in your presence. Oh, as it penned the song, it's me. It's me, oh Lord. 
standing in the need of prayer. Lord, if they could, every one of us, turn and say, is there a lie in my right hand? Am I living a facade? Is there something I'm holding that no one else knows about? Lord, if they could answer the question tonight, say, yes, Lord, I've never dealt with it. I've actually never asked the question to myself, but tonight I say yes unto your will and to your way. And it's me, oh Lord. I'm not praying for, for somebody beside me at this moment, but Lord, it's me standing in the need of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, oh God. Blessed be your name, Lord. Lord, we don't desire dead religion. We don't desire, Lord. We desire a living God and a people not coming to church. But Lord, where our children would see a living God move amongst us. See a people cry out in prayer. Lord, and see you save souls. Oh, your prophet said, you actually said healing's a minor. He said salvation is the main thing, oh God. Salvation is what we desire, oh God. Our children, our mommies, our daddies. Lord, may everybody here in divine presence, Lord, be man and woman enough to reflect in their heart and say, I need to be in, the, in, the, be in his presence. Wash us, cleanse us, oh God. Yielded vessels, emptied and emptied out, Lord, that you could pour into us, oh God. Yielded that you might move. Lord, your prophet was a wave sheep waving across this generation. A wave sheep of what God can do through a yielded vessel. Lord, we yield our vessels tonight. Scour us out, oh God. Cleanse us of all things. Burn the dross, oh God. Jesus. Oh God, we have a thirst that's unquenchable by the things of this world. We have a desire and a passion for the things of God only. Lord, if someone tonight has been filling that thirst and quenching it with the things of this world, oh God, may they get a little sip, a little taste of the fountain of living water, like that little woman at the well. Oh, you said to her, if you took a drink from what I give you tonight, you'll never thirst again. Jesus. Oh, God, would you bend down to each one at this altar? Lord, I can't pray for each one. Lord, I can't place my hands on each one. But, Lord, that's unimportant. Lord, my hands, my voice is not important. But, Lord, you, if you walked, Lord, amongst each little aisle, each little person here, each brother, each sister, and you would bend down. And Lord, with the cup of your presence, Lord, you would pour into their weary soul, Lord, a living water, oh, that they could get up from this point. They could walk, Lord, forward from this moment and say, come and see a man. Oh, come and see this one, this Christ, that has told me everything I ever done. Oh, Jesus. Lord, may that not just be scripture, 
that stays in a Bible. But may that be this moment. May a little sister, may a little brother raise up from this altar, raise up from their pew and say, I am the woman at the well in this day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, Lord.
our prayers. Just sing the song, I love him. I love him. Father, we love you tonight. 
with a great love. Lord, that's why you, your prophet said, I was listening to a message, Lord, and someone, Lord, just broke out in an unknown tongue, and he says, you know why? It's because there's just no way to express in this language Lord, what we really want to say. Lord, this human English language and languages of the world, Lord, are so inadequate. Lord, we'd say, I love you, but Lord, it just seems to fall so short. Lord, you can take us tonight and Lord, have a people pure and set aside from the things of this world. You place a seed that's a desire in our heart. We couldn't even desire you if you didn't even place it there. So, Lord, we thank you for placing the seed in our soul that craves for you, Lord. Oh, that we could fulfill that last part of your great mystery, that you could draw this bride into your Eden beauty, Lord, that we could once again walk by your side. Oh, in that great new Jerusalem, Lord Jesus, that's why we're here. Lord, because you called us to fulfill that. And so, Lord, we thank you for your moving. Thank you for your dealing. Lord, and may from this moment on, Lord, I pray, Lord, as those who would have brought their needs to you, Lord, I pray under the unction of your spirit tonight, Lord, that not one person will ever pick up what they laid down here, oh God. Lord, that it was laid down and it's already deposited into the sea of forgetfulness. And there's no way that they can come back with the same need again because it's all gone. Lord, the imposing and the, the fake facade, it's all gone. And Lord, you aren't even remembering it no more. What a glorious thought, Lord, that Lord, even now, once it's confessed, it's to be ever forgotten. Lord, may everyone walk away. May we walk out of these doors tonight with a spring in our step. Lord, with great expectation that, Lord, we have next this Sunday to come. And then we have, Lord, this junior services to come. And, Lord, there's little hearts that you're desiring to deal with. Lord, there's older hearts you're desiring to deal with. Lord, I pray that we walk onto the campgrounds, each one with such a sensitivity. Lord, with a heightened, just wondering, what are you desiring to do even now, Lord? Every, every minute of the day is an opportunity for you to do something in someone's life. So we commit, Lord, our, our congregation, all that we are and ever shall be, we lay at your feet, Lord, and commit our lives to you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't think there's a, no other better thing, but we have a baptism tonight. And I'm just so, you don't have to leave, you don't have to do anything. I want to sing, I can hear my Savior calling. Oh, he called tonight. And I just, Brother Matthew DeCurdy has been witnessing to a young man. Brother Jesse's going to be baptized. And I, my heart just beats with pure joy that God again, what a move, saints. This is not, don't take it for granted. At the service, last service, someone's baptized. Next service, someone's baptized. 
I say, if there's water, what doth hinder tonight? I can hear my Savior calling. Amen. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. Take thy cross and follow, oh, follow me. Let's sing this verse, because it's going to happen. Where he leads me, I will follow. Oh, where he leads, oh, I, oh, where he leads us tonight, in the days ahead, Lord, where service not knowing where the Lord was going to move I love Romans 8.35 I would want to leave this with you it says who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword will it as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long, and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. What you laid down here tonight, what anchor you put down tonight, shall anything pull you from that? Nay, nothing. Nor height, nor depth. I could read all the adjectives all over again of the wickedness of this day, of the lovers of the, themselves and covetous and the powers of darkness and forms of godliness and reprobate minds and divers' lusts and truth breakers, all that against you. But because you're in Christ, because you're part of this great fellowship of this mystery, I say, nay, what shall separate you? Nothing shall separate you from the love of Christ. 
Hallelujah. Oh, my, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us and am persuaded. I pray you don't walk, don't walk out of here. Say, I am persuaded to follow Jesus. Amen. The cross before me, the world behind me. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Hallelujah. Why don't we sing that as we just get ready for the baptism? Though none go with me, still I will follow. break this atmosphere, do you? This is the type of atmosphere you should have a baptism. And if there's any there that need to be baptized, what doth hinder you? We have towels in the back and you need to be baptized. We're ready for you. Amen. Amen. Today we have Jesse Collier in the baptismal tank. Wonderful young man that Brother Matthew DeCurdy has been witnessing to. And I, I had the privilege to speak once or twice with Brother Jesse. And I can truly say he's a sponge. A sponge, a spiritual sponge. That's a good thing. And Brother Matthew has given him a Bible. And when I'm 
mentioning a scripture. He's right there. He believes it. He loves it. And I, I love the diligence that Jesse shows. And Brother Jesse, I don't know if you remember the last thing he said to me. Yes, or not. What was that? You said to me, Brother Tom, I want something that's real. I only want that which is real. Yeah. And I want to say to you, God has shown you the reality of this gospel tonight. For you, Jesse. So that you can have a confidence in your heart. This is real. The scripture says in Acts that when the Holy Ghost was falling out and God was moving much like tonight. The Bible says there's Corinthians, they were Medes, they were Lamanites, they were Mesopotamians, they were Judas, Judeans. There, there were people from Asia all over the world. And something happened to them when they saw the word being fulfilled in other people's lives. Brother Jess, Jesse. They were seeing the word being manifested. Not a church, not a form, but people who love Christ. Amen. The word was being manifested. And the Bible goes on to say, and they were pricked. If you look at the word pricked, in one meaning, it means they were stirred. Another meaning, that they were perplexed. What is this about? This is what I want. This is what I desire. And each one had to make their own decision, Brother Jesse. And I'm so thankful. You've stood back. You didn't rush into it. You've prayed about it. You've read the scripture. And you find yourself in the waters of baptism. And the Bible says, then when they asked Peter, pricked in their hearts, what do we do? Wonderful, wonderful scripture we often read. Peter said, repent. I believe Brother Jesse has repented. Given his life to Christ, accepted the blood, and Calvary's a reality. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. And I believe, Brother Jesse, you got a real revelation the other day of the Godhead of Christ. Yeah. And the Bible says, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. May the great baptizer give us a, a, a brother in Christ that will testify with a burning in his heart that Jesus Christ is a living reality. Brother Jesse, would you like to say something? Um, you know, uh, it's a lot to say, but I don't want to say too much. I guess I'll just say that uh, sometimes when you... Um, when it's, when it's there, I guess when Judas was in the presence of, of the Lord and uh, of the example and, and of everything, he, he, the only thing I can think of is maybe he took it for granted. Maybe he took the Lord's love for granted. And uh, the only thing we can do is uh, uh, live up to the word and uh, make the ripple. And each of you can make the ripple. One of the brothers made a ripple in my life. So that's why I'm here tonight. And... Uh, um, just wish the best for all of you. That's all. God bless you, Jesse. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. You hold your wrist like this for me. And it'll help me lift you up, okay? In a minute. <laughs> Precious Lord. Always humbled, Lord. When you deal with a son, daughter. But in this case, Brother Jesse has found himself in the waters of baptism. We went through Romans, Lord, where it says that if you're be identified in your death, you'll be identified in his resurrection. 
pray God that this would just not be words in his mind, but I'll, I pray God it'll be a burning word within his heart. Use him, fill him, guide him, keep him in your perfect will, Lord. Give him a boldness to speak and to stand the great reproach for Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that now that you'll take the vessel, fill him with your fire. We ask it in Jesus' name. And Brother Jesse, by your confession that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, yes. I baptize you in the, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Amen. Let's sing that, for he had done great things. Like I said, I just was, I read that Brother Branham, he was just saying the major on the major, minor on the minor, he said salvation. That's important. Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, as we go tonight. Oh, bless the Lord, O oh my than what happened tonight. Amen. And a soul saved. People transformed. The world washed out of us. What greater could there be, saints? Nothing greater. Maybe just one thing, rapture. <laughs> That's a great thing, but it's greater that souls are saved. Amen. 10,000 worlds. My, I won't, go, I won't preach part two. I'll let your people go. I can't wait for camp because then there's nowhere to go. 
So those that will be there joining the services, that's always a precious time because we can just sit in his presence, amen, and drink it in. But I know, I know it's Wednesday and you have work. Pray for us. Some of us will be going down to the camp in the next couple of days. And uh, we'll not be here on Sunday as we'll be up at the camp already. But we're ready. Position for what the miracle the Lord has prepared for us. Amen. Heavenly Father, we close this little service. Lord, we do not take your moving for granted, Lord. We do not take it for granted. We are so thankful, Lord Jesus, that you still deal with hearts. From the depths of my soul, I thank you, Lord. May, Lord Jesus, you continue now to brood as we would go from this building, Lord, we call our sanctuary, but you would go into cars and you'd go to the homes. And, Lord, your atmosphere would envelop each one, Lord, and would just continue over these next days into Sunday, Lord, as we would, our last service before our camp time week, into next week, Lord, we, Lord, we, you did great things tonight. But, Lord, that's what's so wondrous about you. You are endless, Lord for your eternal and you're unfolding and unfolding and unfolding and when we think we've seen it all we you unfold some more so lord we're under great expectation what you have for us and what's in store and so continue to brood upon us now go with your people lord in jesus christ's name amen amen god bless you have a wonderful week we'll see you those at camp that are there next week mind the lord we'll go from here saying Lord you did a great thing for me thank him Brother Bram said go away thanking him don't underestimate the importance of that God bless you dismissed in Jesus name